May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Savior and Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. That was a really good good morning. Thank you. Uh, I had a professor in seminary who taught a class called The Church and the Holy Spirit. But what we all called it as students was story time with the bishop. Because instead of teaching an actual core curriculum, he just told stories about his fabulous and varied life. Because he wasn't just an Episcopal bishop, he was also a former Roman Catholic priest. And he was no former Roman Catholic priest alone, but a former Vatican theologian who was sent all over the world to teach and spread the gospel. He told us a story one day of when he was sent to teach at a convent in India. The sisters there did great work among the poor and the oppressed, the sick and the needy. And the name of the order is called the Missionaries of Charity. You might not have heard of them, but I'm sure that you've heard of their founder, Mother Teresa. The Missionaries of Charity were founded in part to, in her words, quench the infinite thirst of Jesus on the cross for love and souls by laboring at the salvation and sanctification of the poorest of the poor. Bishop Dyer, while he taught in Calcutta, was one day surprised by a flurry of activity. Sisters were moving swiftly through the halls, efficiently packing bags and boxes. And as his class was disturbed by his students suddenly getting up and joining in this tide of purposeful movement, he stopped somebody to ask what was happening. There had been an outbreak of leprosy in a nearby village, and the sisters were hurrying to be dispatched there as quickly as possible. So this young priest, who was wrapped in theology and safe in his classroom, was astounded when he was asked to come along and help. When they got to the makeshift clinic, underneath the tent, the ground was full of people suffering, and the Bible had gruesomely leapt to life in front of him. And as he was walking by a nun, holding a man who was covered in open sores in her arms, he was asked to anoint him. He hesitated, and the sister looked him in the eye and said, Father, will you practice what you preach? Whom do you follow? And something new broke forth in him that day, and he was never the same. Something new was created in him, and Jesus came alive in a way that had never happened before. And so this morning, I wonder what happens to us when something so profound shifts our understanding of the world and our place to share the gospel in it. What comes from something new being created within us? Today, in the Gospel of Luke, we find a rather delightfully irritable Jesus. Circling Galilee in the north, Jesus has been preaching and teaching and healing and touching and anointing, the people yearning for God's presence in their lives. In the 13th chapter of Luke alone, Jesus has healed the woman who has been bleeding for 18 years and preached to thousands, giving the parables of the fig tree, the mustard seed, and the narrow door. Right before the Pharisees approach him, Jesus is asked by a follower, 
Lord, will only a few be saved? And Jesus replies that the key to the narrow door is repentance. He says to them, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when the people who say, but we ate with you and we drank with you and you happen to teach in our streets cannot enter. But, Jesus says, people will come from east and west, from north and south, and all will eat in the kingdom of God. Indeed, some are last who will be first, and some who are first will be last. Enter the Pharisees. Delivering a message from Herod Antipas, the Roman ruler of the northern region, Jesus is warned simultaneously by both of these worldly powers that what he is doing, what he is inspiring in people, and what he is creating is a threat. And Jesus, in one of my favorite lines of his, says, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen. I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed away from Jerusalem. And what Jesus offers in this moment is a clarity of his purpose and mission. A prophet calls the people of God to repent, to turn away from the things that draw them away from God, and to orient themselves properly towards God. And when this relationship is in right order between God and creation, specifically between us and God, things happen. We change, we grow. We live in a new kingdom and through the new covenant to create something new. Now Jesus does a fair amount of preaching about the kingdom of heaven. And as humankind, we are no less preoccupied than the people who surrounded him while he lived here on earth about what we have to do to get there. But Jesus preaches about mercy, justice, grace, and love. But Jesus practices all of those things too. And above all, what we see in him is that love incarnate is the ultimate force of healing in a sinful, broken, and pained world. Jesus tells the Pharisees today, I will not worry about you or Herod. I know how this story goes. But in these precious moments between Galilee and Jerusalem, what Jesus does is not go and court the powers that be. He courts the people into believing what they might be, into believing who they are as God's creation, beloved, whole, and living. Jesus calls us in this moment to pay attention to each other, Not in terms of economical or political power structures, but to pay attention to one another. To pay attention to the people lying on the ground in front of us. The people in our lives who are in need of acknowledgement, of food and water, of healing. In short, to pay attention to the people in need of love. And the truth is, that's all of us. That's every single one. The season of Lent is all about preparation. 
We prepare for Easter by self-examination and repentance, by prayer, fasting, and self-denial. And Lent is about the opportunity to turn more fully to God so that we might experience more fully the joy of Easter, the creation of something new in Christ. But to experience new creation, to be able to see it, we focus on the things that we can actually do. And today Jesus says, listen, I'm casting out demons and performing cures, and then I can go to Jerusalem. You and I are in the same boat. We're called to pay attention to the people in front of us, including ourselves, and seek and serve mercy, healing, and love so that the path to Jerusalem may be opened for us. Jesus laments over Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets, the city that silences the voices of the people who cry out, imploring us to be in full relationship with God. Jerusalem, the city that the divine presence never leaves, will very soon silence the voice of God himself. And the only fear that Jesus shows in this moment today is the fear of things not yet done. That he longs to draw Jerusalem to him like a hen gathering her brood under her wings. Now there are many stories in the Old Testament that compare God to a bird whose wings shelter God's people. But there's something about the gathering action of Christ's arms here. About the expanse of his reach to encompass everybody. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the waters. So begins the story of creation. But that sweeping of the wind over the waters can be better understood as a divine presence not sweeping and leaving, but the divine presence in Christ coming to rest on top of the waters, to relax over it. And it's a type of settling over and covering in such a way that it instills creation, an incubation, actually. In Hebrew, the word about sweeping over the waters is actually brooding. In the beginning, all things were created and drawn to the self of God. And in Jesus, all things are created new, and drawn to God himself on the cross. A few years ago, there was a story about a forest ranger who was walking over the charred landscape of a place recently ravaged by fire. And as he walked, he carefully combed the ground. He came upon the burnt remains of a rather large bird whose wings were outstretched. And the ranger was confused. Why would a bird so obviously capable of flying away and escaping certain death stay? So he nudged the bird with the toe of his boot and heard small sounds coming from underneath her. He carefully lifted her body and found a nest full of new life. The one who draws all the people of the world under his wings once held the formless void. From it... And from us, Jesus calls forth a new creation. And as we continue our own journey to Jerusalem this Lent, let us pray and hold fast 
to helping like the missionaries of charity to quench the infinite thirst of Jesus on the cross for love. Let us practice this season what Christ preaches. Amen.